really matters? That might be the most important question you can ask. So let's talk about it. Welcome to What Really Matters podcast, Everyday Spirituality with Karen Wyatt. And thanks for joining me here today. I wanted to explain a little, if you're new to this podcast, what I mean by everyday spirituality. I really created this podcast as a way of talking to people who have left behind religion and sometimes may have rejected spirituality altogether because it appears to be joined to religion and the only way to leave religion was to also leave spirituality. But my thinking is that each of us is more than just a body and mind. We are also spiritual. We have a spiritual essence to us. So I believe it's really important that we learn how to nurture the spiritual aspect of ourselves, even when we've decided to forego religion and the teachings of religion that may have been our avenue for spiritual growth and development in the past. So in this podcast, I'm talking about mostly about my own spiritual journey, things I've learned along the way, tools that I have found helpful. And a lot of the time I'm talking about things I'm just learning and working on right now in my own life in hopes that it might be helpful for you. I feel like there's lots of information out there about religion. They Religions put out tons of information about what to do, what to think, how to how to believe, how to be part of their group. But for those of us who've left that behind, sometimes we may feel like we're floundering on our own and there isn't a lot of help for us out there or a lot of guidance. And I'm not suggesting that I am a great guide. I'm only sharing things that I've thought about and learned in my own life in hopes that you'll be inspired to do some thinking for yourself or perhaps some growing. So I'm trying to get conversations started and to inspire people to think about these issues. So if you've been listening for a while, you'll know that for several months now, I've been going through a list of questions that according to Google, are most frequently asked by people about life. So these are the things people are typing into the search bar on Google questions that they're looking for answers to. And so the question I'm looking at today is what is knowledge? And I'm going to answer it a little bit differently because I'm combining that with another question, which is what is wisdom? Because I think there's some value for us in comparing knowledge and wisdom to help us see the differences between them, but also why, the point I'll be making here, we need both of them. So I want to just talk about that, the contrasts between knowledge and wisdom and how we can work on getting a balance between the two of them. So let's start with knowledge. I view knowledge as what we are able to learn and understand with our minds. So we each have a fund of knowledge, our personal knowledge that we store in our brains, in our heads that we can call on. And we expand our knowledge by studying, reading, taking courses, even by doing experiments, by trying things out to see what happens. And for most of us, our knowledge has been expanded through 
our years of schooling that we've done. We've, we've been taught by people. We've been guided through books and tests and all kinds of learning experiences that have helped us expand our knowledge. And ideally, we keep expanding our knowledge as we go through life. We keep reading. We keep finding new things to study that we're interested in. So knowledge has this capacity to expand and change over time. And often the knowledge we carry within us does change drastically. Because I mean, for me, at my age in my life, there was a time when listening to music meant playing a cassette tape on a cassette player. That's how I listened to music. So my knowledge was about how to insert the cassette and turn on the player to listen to music, and particularly how to rewind that tape when it got stuck in the machine and pulled out of the cassette, and I had to use a pencil to rewind it back onto the spool. That was important knowledge to have back then. But that knowledge is has been pushed way to the back of my mind. I don't need it anymore. I never use that anymore. And now my knowledge is all about how to listen on a streaming device and how to find the music I want to hear on my phone in order to listen to it. It's completely different. It's, it's new knowledge. That knowledge of how to listen to music has grown and changed and expanded over the years. So knowledge is flexible in this way. It has the ability to be modified and to grow. Now, in our lifetimes right now, I would say the bastion of knowledge, first of all, it's academia in general, but knowledge that is growing and expanding is related to science in many ways and technology. That's where so much growth is happening right now. And many people who haven't studied science misunderstand how science develops and presents knowledge because the way science works is that science creates a theory to explain something that's happening in the world, something that we don't quite understand yet, we don't quite know about. Science creates a theory then tests that theory in order to find the holes in it, in order to figure out what's wrong with the theory so that the theory can be improved. So science is constantly remodeling knowledge, constantly in investigating what we know, making guesses about things we don't know yet, and studying them in order to find where the holes are so we can perfect this hypothesis or theory and get a little bit more knowledge each time about the thing that's being studied. And that has caused some confusion in our society because people feel upset when science comes out with a particular answer or says, oh, we just learned this, and then later down the road changes it. But let me tell you, that has happened constantly throughout time, that knowledge evolves, knowledge changes over time, and our ability and capacity to gather knowledge and to understand it and interpret it correctly changes as well. So as someone who studied medicine and science, the bulk of information that's available right now around medical issues is completely different than many of the things that I studied back when I was going to medical school. 
there's been such an incredible expansion in the knowledge that's available there. And it has required constant studying and constant learning in order to keep pace with it. And the same thing has happened in the technology sector. In fact, the growth in technology, as you all have experienced for yourselves, is phenomenal. The speed at which new products are developed and new innovations in the products that we use. It's really incredible. So technology is on the move and it's, it's living evidence of this fact that knowledge changes and grows and expands over time. But we can always choose to increase our knowledge if we want to. All we have to do is work on it. We just have to study. We have to read. We have to take courses. Um, we have to work at learning something new. But, and we can expand our own knowledge. So there's one caveat here, which is that there is a risk of false knowledge. And it's something we have to be aware of because we can fall in love with the idea of gaining more knowledge, but that makes us susceptible to people with nefarious motives out there who might produce false information for us to study. So we have to have a high level of discernment. I'm going to talk about that more about how we develop our discernment. But uh, George Bernard Shaw wrote, beware of false knowledge, it is more dangerous than ignorance. And I think we're seeing that in our society right now, there's a lot of false knowledge everywhere out there, the internet makes it possible for people to share information that isn't truthful and isn't real knowledge. So we ourselves have to be good stewards of the information we take in. And I'm going to talk more about that again in a few minutes about how we do that. But it's essential that we take responsibility over the knowledge that we are feeding ourselves in a way to make sure we're not taking in false knowledge. So next I'll talk a little bit about wisdom. And as I see it, wisdom in, in the personal sense, our own personal wisdom we learn wisdom through the experiences of life. You can't really learn wisdom by studying or reading or taking a class. You learn wisdom by living. And you live through the challenges and the difficulties of life. You try things and you fail at those things. And you learn what you may have done wrong that caused the failure or what led to the failure. I don't mean to say wrong because it's not necessarily anything wrong, but you learn what of your actions led to that failure so that you might change how you do something. You learn how to relate to other people, how to talk to people, how to care about people. That's all part of your life wisdom that you gather as you live from day to day. And you can only learn those things by actually living them. It doesn't matter how many books you might read about how to love someone, you cannot learn that until you actually practice it, until you do it. You can't gather wisdom about love until you go out in the world and try to love someone and try to improve the way you love someone. So wisdom is something a little bit less tangible. We can't decide that we want to go out and gather wisdom. 
we, we can't go out and create the experiences that would lead to wisdom. We have to actually find wisdom within the experiences that are happening organically in our lives from day to day. So when we have a heartache, when we've experienced a loss or a disappointment or a letdown, those are really ripe experiences to teach us wisdom. And, and I don't mean that wisdom can only come through painful experiences, but often that's the case for us. We do tend to learn more because when we're hurting, we, we let down our defenses a little bit and that may allow us to find or see the wisdom within an event. At least ideally that can happen. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes when we're hurting, we put up even more defenses and we refuse to gather wisdom from what has happened. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But wisdom is something we ourselves possess and gather just through living life day to day. But in addition, wisdom is much larger than just our own individual experience of wisdom or what we can gather within our own lifetimes. There is a universal wisdom that has been present throughout the ages for all of mankind. It's the wisdom and the laws of the universe, really, that wisdom that governs how the universe works, the cycle of life and death, and how things happen and unfold in this physical world. And that wisdom oftentimes has been recorded in wisdom texts that have been handed down throughout the ages. Now, I know that if you're someone who has left behind a religion, you have left behind whatever text your religion may have offered to people as a wisdom text. Um, because that's part of it. Part of leaving the wisdom is that you step away from it and you step aside from whatever that particular re religion required of you or expected of you. But I want to emphasize that there is this universal wisdom that runs throughout all religions and has existed over time. And, and this universal wisdom, these are some of the lessons that, that I have been talking about and writing about in the seven lessons. The, the universal wisdom teaches us about love about forgiveness, about being present for others, about surrender and impermanence and finding our purpose in the world. That is part of this universal wisdom that I'm talking about that is also available to us. It, it exists apart from us, but part of our journey of gathering wisdom through life, I believe, is learning more about those lessons, those universal lessons that have been contained in these wisdom texts throughout the years. And so Richard Rohr, who is someone I quote from fairly often, a Franciscan priest who, who is very progressive and very mystical in his thinking, he says that wisdom is feminine and that the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia, which is a feminine noun. And the Hebrew word for wisdom is Hochma, which is also a feminine noun. So wisdom is feminine. Wisdom is of the heart. 
He also says that wisdom doesn't change anything, but it illuminates everything, which means that wisdom shines light on how everything is and allows us to see more clearly and allows us to see the truth, to kind of sift through the false and the misleading pretenses of life. So wisdom, again, feminine, and it shines a light on everything so that we can see it more clearly. And I think as wisdom is feminine, knowledge is more masculine. Wisdom is of the heart. Knowledge is of the head. It's what we do with our brains and our minds. We study and learn. Wisdom is what we experience with our hearts and our emotions, and we gather and learn from those experiences over time. So my entire point today is that we need both. We need wisdom and knowledge in our lives because they complement one another, masculine and feminine, head and heart. We need them to come together and work together in order to be healthy, flourishing individuals in our lives. And yet, we're living in a time, Isaac Asimov wrote, the saddest aspect of life right now is that science gathers knowledge faster than society gathers wisdom. And I believe that is a problem right now, that there's a shortage of wisdom and we really do need to work on how do we increase our own personal wisdom and then increase the wisdom in society as a whole because we flounder if we don't have both knowledge and wisdom. But our society right now actually encourages us to reject and to feel despair over all of the experiences that could lead us toward greater wisdom and death being a good example. Society rejects the idea of death and dying and grief. And we honestly have very little guidance on how to increase our wisdom in the world, though we all know how we could increase our knowledge. We all know just just go somewhere and find some new things to read, learn something new. But most of us are not sure how to increase our wisdom. And so it's essential that we learn more about wisdom so that we can utilize it to help us as we're working through these issues of life that come up. Now, in the past, I've talked a little bit about the levels of development in our consciousness that we all tend to go through. And all of them are normal levels and some of us stay at one level and, and don't continue to move on to others. Some of us also just continue to grow and continue to move into different levels. But if we look at the traditional level, I've described this before, which is the level when people are most likely to belong to a group. They're most likely to outsource their guidance to the leader of the group they belong to. They're looking for um, a, a group that will tell them how to behave, who to be, what to do. Now, this traditional level is where religion resides. So those of you who have moved on from religion have most likely moved on from the traditional level of consciousness as well. At the traditional level, 
knowledge and wisdom come from outside sources. There are wisdom texts used by by the religion or by the group that you belong to, and those are interpreted by a leader or a priest, someone knowledgeable, who tells us how to read those texts and what to think about them and what we should believe or learn or know about them. The traditional level tends to have a distrust for any knowledge that it lies outside its own realm. So the traditional level only trusts the knowledge that comes from its own group and from its own texts. It does not trust outside knowledge or outside experiences as well. So that's why we will see from traditional level consciousness sometimes a rejection of of other religions, of people, of other cultures and societies, a rejection of curriculum and textbooks and lessons that could be learned that because they don't fall in the purview of the wisdom of that particular group. So anything outside the group is rejected at the traditional level. And the next level after traditional is the rational level. Rational is a more masculine level. It's also where knowledge rules. The rational level has left behind um, some of the the rigidity of the traditional level and some of the limitations and inflexibility of the traditional level. The rational level is all about gaining more knowledge and learning through experience what can be learned. And so the rational level is of the head and it's masculine. It doesn't trust the wisdom of the ages necessarily because it feels too slow and too inflexible and too resistant to change. So at the rational level, which is where science exists and medicine exists and technology There's a huge amount of knowledge gathering going on, a huge amount of growth, lots of experiential knowledge is being gained, but wisdom gets left behind. And that's what Isaac Asimov was saying. I'll read that quote again. The saddest aspect of life right now is that science gathers knowledge faster than society gathers wisdom. So we have problems at the traditional level, because there's too much reliance on external wisdom. And in fact, at the traditional level, internal wisdom is not trusted either. Internal wisdom or knowledge is not valued. Only the external wisdom that is handed down to people by authorities within their group. And at the rational level, wisdom isn't trusted. Only knowledge is valued, so knowledge is given the priority, and that leads us to all kinds of troubles. We struggle to get by, we we conflict between one level of consciousness and another because we can't come to terms with this conflict between knowledge and wisdom. 
The next level of consciousness is the pluralistic level, which is, again, a more feminine level and values wisdom more than the rational level did. And there tends to be at this level a return to personal wisdom. So there is also sometimes a distrust of knowledge, once again, a distrust of the knowledge from the level before, because that knowledge seems like it's out of control and off the rails and doesn't have any wisdom or guidance behind it. At the pluralistic level, there's this desire to return to what I know, my own personal wisdom, what I'm experiencing. Life is about me. And so it tends to be less focused on the wisdom of the ages that has been handed down and much more on me and what I'm experiencing. So the pluralistic level is not really a solution to the previous two levels. The pluralistic level goes a little more deeply into personal wisdom and experience, but can't bring together the head and the heart still. So once again, there are problems with all three of these levels because they each exclude uh, either wisdom in general, knowledge in general, or the wisdom of the ages gets excluded. So what is needed here is the next higher level of development, which is the integral level, which is hopefully the level that all of us are working towards and trying to expand our consciousness towards a level at which we can see from a higher perspective and we can recognize the importance of knowledge and the importance of wisdom, both personal wisdom and universal wisdom of the ages. We can bring all of those together because at the integral level, we're able to see things from many different perspectives. We're able to hold all of those perspectives at the same time and, and balance them. We're able to know how and when to use each one of those perspectives. So we desperately need this integral awareness in our society so we can have knowledge, we can have the wisdom of the ages, and we can have our personal wisdom. One of the roles of wisdom is to discriminate and detect false knowledge to help us from falling into the trap of misinformation and false knowledge. So wisdom helps us ask questions and discriminate the things that we're hearing and learning and to wait to believe things until we can see the solid foundation that that information is built upon. So wisdom, as we said before, shines a light and illuminates what's there. The more wisdom we have as we're looking at information that's being given to us, the more we're able to spot things that don't make sense, that don't fit in the big picture of life, the more our wisdom will tell us that does not ring true, that does not seem right. And our wisdom can help us sift through that information and sort out some of the false knowledge that's present in the world. Socrates wrote, the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. I love that quote because it tells us wisdom is really good at keeping us humble because one of the things it shines a light on is how much we don't know yet. And so we're always looking at the fact that, oh, this is what I do know, but look how vast this universe is. 
and how much is out there that I know nothing about. And wisdom is really helpful to keep us from getting stuck in our egos and from believing that we're better than other people or that we have more or know more or that we deserve more or are entitled to more because wisdom keeps shining the light and keeps showing us what the truth is. It keeps us humble. But knowledge, on the other hand, is helpful to wisdom because knowledge, as it keeps growing and expanding, motivates wisdom to also keep expanding and evolving. It it motivates us to keep looking at wisdom and applying it in bigger and bigger circles to greater and greater depths to everything that exists in this universe. So knowledge helps us expand our own wisdom as well. Well, when we put the two together, when we grow in knowledge, we can use that knowledge to help us gain wisdom a little bit faster when we deal with the difficulties of life, when things don't go well, when we have losses, when we're crushed and devastated by life. We can use our knowledge to learn more things that can help us find the wisdom within those events and help us grow our wisdom at the same time. And our knowledge gives us a context for our personal wisdom-producing experiences. Through our knowledge, we find out that, oh, guess what? Other people have had this loss as well. Here's how someone else coped with it. Here's what helped them. Maybe it will help me. So knowledge helps us connect with other people and learn from their wisdom, and also perhaps share our wisdom with people who might benefit from it. So it's important to remember, we have to be constantly working on increasing our knowledge, but also increasing our wisdom. And we may be better off focusing only on wisdom for a while, if we're way behind in terms of wisdom, because knowledge And too much knowledge is kind of leading us down into a dark place. And we desperately need more wisdom right now. So I suggest that you remember, you need to always focus on both the head and the heart. To increase your wisdom, learn how to listen to your own intuition, which is coming from your heart. Learn how to be still at times, how to stop and listen to what's, what's stirring inside of you. What messages and nudges are you receiving inside of you? Sometimes in your gut, sometimes in your chest, you might feel it. But you have to be willing to stop and listen. And you have to also be willing to go through the difficulties of life, to experience them, to not run away, to not try to cover it up or numb it out, but to sit with it, to sit with the grief and the pain and the discomfort every day and just be there with the pain and allow it to show you things, allow it to teach you. Allow yourself to gather wisdom from those experiences. I will say again what I say over and over. I think it's helpful to keep a journal and write about the things you're going through, the things you're experiencing, because sometimes the wisdom actually shows up in the words that you write on the page without even knowing it. You may find that you're writing sentences that you go back and read later and say, wow, that was profound. Like, 
how did I even come up with that? Where did that come from? Because sometimes that is your inner wisdom growing and expanding and it comes out in a creative way on the paper as you write down what you're experiencing and what's happening in your life. So I would say to you, spend some time on a regular basis just reflecting on your life. Maybe it's only once a week for you. You sit down with a journal and write about the major events of the the last week, or maybe you can do it every day and ask yourself, what happened today? Where was I challenged? What did I learn? And what else might be there for me to learn? As far as knowledge goes, I would say, of course, we all need to keep growing in our knowledge as well. And it's a good thing to read, to study things, to take classes, to learn as much as you can. But remember the danger of false knowledge and focus on improving your ability to detect false knowledge when it's there. Make sure you know the source of this knowledge. Where's the information coming from? Can you trust where it's coming from? And then begin to cultivate your own ability to see more clearly through some of the information that's out there. And if it's something that doesn't quite sound right to you, then just set it aside. You don't have to reject it totally. And you probably shouldn't accept it totally. You can just leave it there because false information and false knowledge eventually exposes itself and you will be able to see it more clearly at some point. So set it aside if it's something you're not sure about and just let it be there. You don't have to embrace it or totally reject it. And you should down the road at some point be able to see that a little bit more clearly. So the idea here is that throughout our lives, we keep growing both in knowledge and in wisdom and that they work together, masculine and feminine, head and heart, constantly feeding each other, but also checking each other and shining the light on each other, motivating and inspiring each other, our knowledge and our wisdom. And you can look at yourself and your own life and you may have a sense for you. um, Are they keeping up? Are they in balance? Your knowledge and your wisdom? Is there one that you need to work on more than another? I can say by the time I got out of medical school, I had gathered wisdom on my own, a fair amount of wisdom, but I had spent all those years stuffing huge amounts of knowledge into my head. I see it as a big problem in medicine that much of medicine is so focused on knowledge that there isn't very much room for wisdom anymore. And patients feel that. When they go to see a medical provider who has only knowledge to share but no wisdom, it doesn't feel very satisfying. They feel like they're walking away with less than half of what they needed to get from that interaction. So I see it everywhere in our society. We definitely need more wisdom and each one of us can help with that issue if we work on it ourselves, for ourselves. Look within Study some of these, the lessons that I've been talking about, love and forgiveness and surrender and presence and finding your purpose and give yourself opportunities every day to grow in your own wisdom. 
And I hope that will make a difference for you in your life. It definitely has for me. So tune in next week. I'll come back with some more thoughts about some other issue, whatever happens to come to my mind next week. And until then, remember that we're primarily here for love. That's the greatest wisdom of all, I believe, is that we're here just to learn how to love. So if you don't do anything else this next week, simply try to focus on love every day and that will change everything for you. I promise you. And also remember to face your fear, be ready for whatever life brings you next, and love each and every moment of your precious life. Bye-bye.